Today on the Marketing Musician Podcast, we've got a trick to help you sell more merch at live shows. And in the excerpt from my book, we're talking about getting that gig. It might seem like a lot to make it happen today, but give it all you got and you just might find your way. Just make the music and you can choose to tell the world just who you are. You're listening to the Marketing Musician Podcast at marketingmusician.com. All right, hello, you marketing maniacs. It is I, your smiling host, Jammin' Dave Jackson, author of the book, Get Your Band Out of the Basement. You can find that out at our website. Go out to marketingmusician.com or just go out to uh, Amazon if you want it as a a Kindle book. It's basically couch change, and uh, that'll get you from auditoriums, from auditions to auditoriums. And uh, if you'd like to contact me, my email is dave at marketingmusician.com. If you go out to our website, marketingmusician.com, there's actually a spot there where if you have a microphone, if you're on a, an iPhone or an, a, uh, an iPad, something like that, you can click on that and just leave us a message that way. Or call our toll-free number. It's 888-563-3228. And if you're new to the show, this is where we help you get more fans, get more gigs, sell more merch, sell more music, use the tools that are available, harness technology, and uh, enjoy the passion that is your music. And today, I've got a tip from David Hooper, and uh, this is from his blog, Mark, musicmarketing.com. Now, ours is, is Marketing Musician. His is musicmarketing.com. I'm going to have Dave on the show sometime in the future. Uh, I am in the middle still of reading his book, Six Figure Musician. By the way, you can get this book. I'm listening to it at the moment. And if you want that book for free or any audio book for free, go over to marketingmusician.com forward slash audible. That's marketingmusician.com slash audible. And um, his article is called A Psychological Trick to Sell More Music and T-Shirts. It's a really neat merch at live shows. And um, in the article, he says, here's a little psychological trick. You may have seen variations of this at restaurants. It's important to you because it can be used to help you sell more music, T-Shirts, and other merch at live shows. And um, here... I think I actually went to Moe's when I was in Tennessee. I was actually on uh, Music Business Radio. You can find that at musicbusinessradio.com. And I think I went to Moe's with Dave. I forget where I went. I know we went to eat. Moe's, like a lot of burrito places, is setting up, is set up there. You start at the beginning of a line. You work your way down, picking what you want from a bar, and you finally pay at the end. It's very similar to Subway, or here in Ohio, we have a Chipotle, or Chipotle, as I call it. Um, when you pay for your meal, like a lot of similar places, you have an option to leave a tip. When you don't leave a tip, nothing happens. You still get your food and you go on your way. But when you leave a tip, the cashier rings a bell and everybody working the line says, thank you. That changes everything. Social scientists have long known that people modify their behavior in public in order to be perceived better by others. So by ringing a bell, the cashier takes an otherwise private act of leaving a tip And makes it public. This now becomes an opportunity for customers to elevate their status. 
How can you use this same strategy to sell more music, T-shirts, and other merchandise at your live shows? Make the transaction public. When people buy something from your merch booth, easy for me to say, when people buy stuff from your merch booth, recognize them from the stage. This will do three things. Number one, it gives you the opportunity to plug your stuff. Many musicians, and you may be one of them, he says, feel uncomfortable selling from the stage. There are ways to do this that don't have a negative effect on the show, though, um, and, and this is one of them. If, if somebody in the audience is enjoying your show, if you've done the necessary work in creating a great show, people should be enjoying your shows. And that person is going to be thinking, I wonder if this act has music I can buy. Now, if you do have music and you don't announce it, how is that person going to know? Don't assume that everybody is going to ask somebody or dig too much. You know why? Because people are lazy. So let your audience know you have something for sale and get on with the show. It's easy, painless, and everybody involves benefits. So it gives, again, you an opportunity to plug your stuff when you sell from the stage. Number two, it provides a social proof. Do you know about a car from Nissan called Leaf? It's 100% electric and has zero emissions. But like a mobile phone, it runs on a battery and you have to recharge it. And because it doesn't take gas... Traveling is a little bit different than the cars you're most used to. If you're like most people, you're probably a bit skeptical of the concept. At least you might think that it's a little too early to go 100% electric. So part of the marketing plan is for Nissan to get as many of these cars on the road as possible. It's important that people see them in use so they know a 100% electrical car is a viable option. So you want to do the same thing with your music and all your other merch. Your fans, or your potential fans, will feel a lot more comfortable taking a chance on something if others have proven it's safe to do so. So the more you can get what you're selling into the hands of people, the better chance what you've got will do well. Now, I'm going to deviate from uh, from Dave's article here. You can actually, if you want, prime the pump on this. So what I mean is I, I always announced... At the end of set one or set two, you know, hey, we've got CDs, we've got T-shirts for sale. They're over here at the uh, some highly trafficked area that wasn't going to be in the way kind of thing if you want them. And I would have previously had one of our fans who was really one of our friends, and I'd give them 10 bucks and have them say, hey, I want a CD right now. And basically... They would give me my own money back. I would give them a CD. And then later, now this is completely underhanded, by the way, but it is priming the pump. I would pay someone to act out the uh, the act of buying a CD. And inevitably, it would help because people are like, oh, well, look, he's buying it. It's the same theory that if you hang a poster, it's 10 to 1, everybody. Okay. I got to get that off my phone. Um it's the same thing if you hang a poster about music lessons. Maybe you're teaching music lessons. Rip off one of the tabs. It creates a sense, a, a perceived value. If you're walking along and there's two banners, you know, two uh, flyers with the little things you rip off at the bottom, and one of them has none of them ripped off, and one of them has two, you think, wow, that must have something because people are taking it. Kind of the same concept. All right. So here's what Dave says. Uh, you can do the same thing with your merch. Uh, 
again, they're going to feel a lot more comfortable taking a chance on something if other people are doing it. When you're on stage and not that somebody bought your music or point to the people who are wearing your T-shirts, you're letting people who haven't purchased anything from you know that they'll be happy spending money with you, which is, of course, the risk, because what you're selling is great. That's the reward. So if somebody bought something on break, if somebody bought this, say, hey, check it out. Steve's having a good time. He's wearing our shirt. Thank you so much to Steve. And it basically shows people that, hey, people do buy these things, right? They're just not there to, you know, lug around. So, again, step one or or reason one, it gives you an opportunity to blog your stuff. Number two, it provides social proof. Number three, it gives status to your fans. So, like, ringing a bell gives status to a customer who tip. Acknowledging customers who purchase music or, or whatever else is another way to set them apart from the average person in the audience, if you want to increase their status to an even higher level, buy these people drinks. Yeah, if you want to reward them, thank you so much. Now, is this going to cost you a lot of money? No. If you are if you sell your CD for 10 bucks, the cost is probably around a dollar, maybe adding $2 uh, to the drink. Again, negotiating a price beforehand, the buy drinks by passing out tickets to be redeemed at the bar. Um, so you can basically negotiate that with the, the bar maybe still leaves you with a $7 profit per unit. Plus, it will likely allow you to sell more product if you make your offer public and give people an option to get in on it themselves. Now, if you're doing an all-ages show, maybe you're playing at church, you don't want to support drinking, then no problem. You can use the same technique with other kind of gifts. If there's some sort of you know exclusive EP or if there's a song dedication, limited edition T-shirts, fan club memberships, any other item... The only reason he says I mentioned drinks is because 99% of musicians reading this, or in this case listening to this, are playing clubs where drinks are served and buying drinks is something you can do to support club owners and staff. So, again, if you are unsure about how to motivate a crowd to take action from the stage, check out his book, Six Figure Musician. It has several related scripts you can use and combine with the ideas mentioned above. And again, you can actually get that book on Amazon, on Kindle, or like I said, you can get the audiobook for free by going to marketingmusician.com forward slash audible. I have links to everything we talk about today out at our website. All you have to do is go to marketingmusician.com forward slash five eight. And again, Dave will be on the show sometime in the future. I just got to finish reading. I'm weird like that. I want to read a book so I can talk uh, intelligently about it, but I'm um, about halfway through. It's good stuff, and uh, you can check out Dave's stuff over at musicmarketing.com, where our site is marketingmusician.com, where we're kindred spirits in a sense. In today's segment from my book, Get Your Band Out of the Basement, we're talking about getting a gig. Now, you can find this out at our website at marketingmusician.com. And speaking of audiobooks, I know we're talking about marketingmusician.com forward slash audible. This is not on audible, but you can get this as an audiobook as well at our website, marketingmusician.com. And today we're talking about getting a gig. Getting a gig. Are you ready to gig yet? You've been practicing. 
and you think you're ready to play, here are some things to consider. A typical gig is playing 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. or 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Some places will have you play 40 minutes on and 20 minutes off. Some places will have you play an hour on and 30 minutes off. The bottom line is you need to know at least 40 songs. The bar owner typically doesn't care how long your sets are as long as your breaks aren't so long that people get up and leave. Keep this in mind. I know a lot of bands that are really getting, let's say, gold stars, bonus points, by taking a shorter first break because that's when people will stay. At the end of the night, they might take a little longer break when people have already left anyway. When you have your songs, remember, do not play songs that suck. Or let's say, do not play songs that you suck at playing. I'm saying for whatever reason, your band doesn't perform it well. Don't worry. As I mentioned before, there are a zillion songs to choose from if you're in a cover band. Pick one that doesn't suck when you play it. I want to stop this here. Now, obviously, here I'm talking about cover bands. But this also goes for people who you know, have written original songs in the studio and they have uh, gone through and they've added 47 tracks of strings and they've got all sorts of other things to where performing it live is a challenge. Bohemian Rhapsody is a challenge to perform live. So what do they do? In the middle of it, they play the tape of the Galileo, Galileo, right? Now, that doesn't mean... If you have a really super decked out song, you can't perform it live. It just means you better have a version that scales down. I've heard Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters do acoustic versions of songs that are just as moving, if not more, than the original one with the full band. So the point here is, you know, make sure that the song it sounds weird, doesn't suck. Don't get discouraged if it takes some time to get out of the basement. It may take six months of practicing to get ready. If you need 40 songs and you can only practice once a week, here is what your schedule would be. You practice once a week. If you learn one song per week, to learn 40 songs, it's going to take you 280 days. If you can learn two songs a week, it's 140 days. You can learn three songs a week, 93 days, a little over three months. If you can learn four songs a week, 70 days, two and a half months. Now I'm going to stop this again here. Realize when you hear those extended times, that's time to work on things like if you're a brand new band, working on getting a logo designed, uh, starting your website, start building your email list. Right, There are all sorts of other things you can do. Start, uh, you know, if, if you've got 20 songs, see if you can play one set at a charity gig. You know, there are all sorts, you don't have to wait till you're perfect to go out there. But there are other things you can be doing while you're learning music. Now, some people just freak out when they see the reality of this chart, of those stats. And they start throwing stuff together. Well, let's just throw this in. You know, they throw in the 12-minute version of Mustang Sally to kill some time. Try to avoid throwing stuff together. You don't want your first impression to be something that's just been, well, thrown together. Because I don't know about you guys, 
I can smell thrown together in you know a mile away. This last weekend, we had to play a gig with a fill-in bass player, and you guessed it, we did the six-minute version of Mustang Sally. Now, if you're not sure where to look for gigs, there are tools available that have listings. Things like the Music Phone Book, the Musician's Atlas, and the Galeris Music Directory. And I believe these are actually all still around. So check them out. There are all sorts of... The other one is the Indie Bible. The Indie Bible there you go. is also a very useful one. I would use that more for promotion. So once you record your CD, because they break everything down by genre... So if you're looking for radio stations, you could say, show me all the blues radio stations, and here's a list. So the Indie Bible is a great resource. I use that more for promotion, where I use things like the Music Phone Book more for business and finding contacts and things like that. Both are great. Uh, I would actually, if you have the budget, buy them both. They are all definitely bring something different to the table, as well as they kind of bring the same thing to the table, meaning the different contacts. Just some have more information than others. Now, I know you may be saying, but look, I don't have the budget, or maybe you just want to use the internet to find people. Well, number one, if you've got the budget, there's a great resource called OnlineGigs.com. I've had the owner on my podcast, and it's almost like having your built-in secretary. It does so many things for you automatically, and the database, much like my link section at Musicians Cooler, is maintained by live people. So, in theory, nothing should be outdated. So that's another place where you can find places to play. But if you don't have a budget, there are things like GigList, GarageBand, GetGigs.com, PowerGig, GigMasters, GigAmerica, FestivalFinder.com, and as I mentioned, OnlineGigs.com. Now, if you're not sure where you can play, and you're like, look, I just want to find something locally first, here's what you do. Do a search for whatever your genre is, and then type the name of your city. What you should find, if somebody's doing their job right, is you should find websites for local bands like yours. Now, any band on their website, if they know what they're doing, is listing their schedule and where they're playing. The reason is this way their fans, along with you, can see where they're playing. Since you know where they're playing, and you now know there's a club in your area that supports local music. Now you may be thinking, but Dave, are you insinuating that I should go and steal a gig from this other local band? Well, the word steal is such an ugly word. And in reality, if you're a good band and the key point here is you're bringing in a crowd, nobody can touch you. Nobody can steal that gig. A club owner will very, very rarely bump one band for another. And the only reason they will is if you're no longer bringing in a crowd. That will give you some idea of places locally where you can drop off your CD. What I did was I found a band that sucks. What I basically mean by this is I found a band that, well, without sounding too cocky, I just think my band is more entertaining. But I use this band to gauge the talent level at clubs. And if I see this band is playing at a club, I'm pretty sure that I can get my band booked there as well. We'll talk more about making friends with the enemy in the future, but you should be aware of other local bands in your area. It's very good 
to network with those and especially find one that, well, maybe isn't quite as good as you are. The other thing you can do when it comes time to getting gigs is take a practice gig. There are charitable gigs all the time, you know, fundraisers and things like that, that nonprofit agencies may be holding. Now, the great thing about this is since it's a nonprofit, many times if it's a fundraiser, who comes to fundraisers? People with money who have private parties. So as much as you're taking a free gig or a gig that pays very few dollars, in some ways you can actually meet people who then hire you for much higher paying gigs. There are also things like open mic nights or jam nights where they let people bring in their equipment and play. Now generally, these are pretty crappy gigs. But more than likely, at this point, if this is your first gig, eh, so are you. So this is a good place to see if the band virgin freaks out in front of people. It's a good place to see if your equipment can handle it when the volume goes above two. And also, you're going to make mistakes. You will make mistakes. Now, when that happens, don't glare, don't spit, don't curse at the other person. In fact, most mistakes go completely unnoticed by the audience. It's when the performer makes a face and shakes their head that the audience figures out, hey, something must have gone wrong up there. The best thing to do when a mistake happens is to just laugh and keep on moving. Getting upset is not going to help you. And besides, you have the rest of the gig to finish. So count to 10. I used to get really pissed off about things that upset me. I now base my emotions on if it makes the club owner mad. Also, by waiting until the end of the gig, I cool down. And if there is a legitimate problem, I can address it when I'm calm. Now, the other thing when it comes to gigging, I want you to remember this phrase, relentless marketing. One of the first jobs I had involved sales training, and we had the phrase relentless marketing plastered all over the walls. The key to this phrase is the word relentless, never ceasing, always on. See, a band I was in got lazy. We had a really nice stable of clubs that we were playing on a regular basis. We continued to play more gigs every year. And we were making more money. We were growing. Well, we quit trying to find new places. And we focused on building our fan base in these clubs. A really bad move. We were no longer relentlessly marketing. In fact, we weren't marketing at all. We were resting on our laurels. Well, over time, one bar is now out of business. One bar quit having bands. And one bar only had its bands once a week. See, you have to realize that a DJ will charge a club between $150 to $300. Now, some of these DJs include karaoke. So if you don't pull in a crowd, that's the key point. If you don't pull in a crowd, you can easily be replaced. So remember, relentless marketing. There you go. A lot of good stuff in that. I was like, wow, I, I, I actually wrote that. That's pretty good. Yeah, especially uh, the charity gig I mentioned before. And uh, to give you some details on some of that, I had I was in a band that for whatever reason, the lead singer was notoriously late. 
We would get there early. We would, we was great. You know, we'd all get up. We'd set up on time. We'd be ready to go. We would maybe do a sound check. And then we would inevitably, because they would have to go out and smoke pot before the first set. Drove me crazy. And again, for me personally, I don't care what you do as long as you can play. Speaking of that, last I mentioned that I did a uh, a gig this past weekend with a fill-in bass player because the my current bass player couldn't make it. He had uh, some constraints, couldn't get out of. And the guy we hired just drank himself silly. The man couldn't play Mustang Sally. And uh, unfortunately, I have one more gig with this guy. And the thing that gets me about this, if you think about it, you get paid no matter what you're doing. If you work at McDonald's, if you work at Home Depot, if you work wherever it is you do your thing that they people pay you for, they're paying you to do something. And in some cases, they're paying you to do something that you don't want to do. And sometimes the thing that you don't want to do is stay sober. But guess what? They're paying you to stay sober so you can actually sound okay, so people will dance, so people will get thirsty, and people will buy beer. It was driving me crazy. So keep that in mind. I, I Again, I don't mind. any. You know, I personally don't. If I want to get high, I pick up my guitar. But you are getting paid to put on a performance. And um, I, I was, uh, I had, and if this was a 17-year-old kid who'd never been drunk before, I would have been fine with that. It wasn't. In fact, I'm pretty sure this person has a drinking problem and should have known better and probably should have stayed completely sober because once the dam broke, oh my goodness, he was literally almost fell off the stage and we're screaming chords at him, C, F, don't do that. And unfortunately, I don't understand. It sees a friend of the singer and that whole nine yards. So there you go. There's a little tales from the road. And that is going to do it for this edition of the Marketing Musician Podcast. Our website is marketingmusician.com. And I, I've been saying this for a while. If you don't have, maybe everybody has a band, a website. If you don't have a website for your band yet, please email me, dave at marketingmusician.com. And here's how this will work. I will send you a link to order hosting for your website. Now, that's going to cost you like $8 a month. But I'm going to go through and set up your website. You'll need to provide graphics. And in some cases, I can actually create those. I'm, I'm officially dangerous with a graphic program. And obviously, any music you might have, things like that. I will work with you to build your website. Because what I want to do is take video of that. And I want to use those updated videos for the Marketing Musician podcast and website. We actually have a course on building your band's website, and it's not outdated yet, but uh, as WordPress keeps updating, uh, I know eventually I want the latest, greatest software up there. So if you're looking for it, it's free. All you got to do is order the hosting through my link, and then I earn a small commission for that. So you benefit, I benefit, you get a free website. Well, free minus the eight bucks. And if you're interested in that, again, email me, Dave at marketingmusician.com. Now, if you already got a website or if you're thinking of starting a website, you got hosting, things like that, go out to marketingmusician.com. There is a class on how you can actually build your website using this free software called WordPress. And it'll look awesome. There's all sorts of cool stuff you can do with it. So uh, so that's out there at the website, as is my ebook, or you can just go to Amazon and get it. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, thanks to... Uh, Everybody who, uh, on, on Twitter, I had announced that, uh, this is a completely unrelated thing, but on Twitter, I had announced that I had to uh, put my dog down 
I've had my dog for 14 years. I announced that on Twitter, and a bunch of people said, hey, you know, been there, done that, and uh, hugs and kisses and prayers and all that stuff. So thanks to everybody who uh, kind of sent me some love my way and uh, appreciate that. And uh, let me remind you that uh, for those who have money, well, there's therapy. But for the rest of us, there is music. Hallelujah. Stay cool, everybody. We'll see you again real soon with another episode of the Marketing Musician Podcast.